Hey guys, welcome to Nerd Talk. I'm your host, Jordan Halstead, and today we are talking about X-Men Days of Future Past. I've got with me, Will and Micah. Guys, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. What's going on, Will? As you can tell, we are so excited for this one. Well, yeah, I'm, well... Before we get into it, like I remember suggesting this early on when I was rewatching these not that long ago, like, oh, dude, we got to do X Men, but we, like I think we were like still mid MCU, still kind of like fighting our footing. Like, oh, we'll we'll get to it eventually. I'm just this is the one we land on first. I, I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm just like this is the one. You know, we we were talking about this with me and Micah, and I said, you know, which one do you want to start with? Because we can really go anywhere with these. And I know my favorite is Days of Future Past, and he was like, this is the one I just watched. It's super fresh in my mind, and I was like. This kind of is the good starting point because it talks about both series as a whole. And so let's go ahead and dive on into this. You know, which which do you guys prefer, the older X-Men films or the newer? Because this this film brings both together in different aspects. So which which series did you like more? The original with X X2 and then Last Stand or the first class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse, and then Dark Phoenix? Um, just for clarification, um I my wife and I, my wife's a huge X-Men fan for, for our listeners, but like we, similar to what Will's doing, Will went back and watched, has went back and rewatched them recently. Um, I have not seen them all. So I've watched X-Men, X2, X, I guess it's X-Men 3, The Last, the Last Stand. Stand. Yep. Um, I watched Wolverine and we watched um, First Class and just yesterday we watched um, Days of Future Past. So we still have to watch Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, and Logan. So um, I forget the Wolverine. Unless is that is that what you meant? The Wolverine. Yes, you watched that yes. one. Okay. Yes, okay, so we you, did watch you, that one. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. The only, I think we have three left. We have Logan, we have Dark Phoenix, and we have Apocalypse. Hey, don't worry well, about Dark you, Phoenix. Don't are worry you including about any of the Deadpool movies? I've seen both Deadpool movies. Okay. But so anyway, um, if if I'm going based off of what I've seen, I'm probably, I feel like I'm a fan more of the rebooted films simply because I just, I, I feel like, I feel like there's not a lot, like if I were to pick out of the first three, I would probably pick the last stand. And I think that one has the best pacing. I feel like it just tells the better story, which is ironic because it's the third movie of the three of those original three. Yeah. And then, um, but with the newer ones, I feel like they go into more detail about the story and who they are. Would you agree with that, Jordan? Yeah. I, I think that the original ones did not keep up with some of the comic books lore. When you go in and you see like first class is like based off of the series first class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that they came out around the same time because they were refocusing on the, the original first class. And that was a like 60s series that they were original X-Men they were focusing on. And then you go into Days of Future Past, which is a 90s, 80s, 90s book. And then you go into Apocalypse and that came off of some like those are more comic book accurate where the original ones, the I mean, those first three, they were like, oh, here's characters. Let's just build our own story and do whatever we want. And I think that when you're you are just allowed free reign, you don't get to build as nice a story because like you have to try and remember how to wrap everything back up where if you grab source material, you can say, all right, we can make these adjustments. We can build off of this story. It's kind of like anything with the MCU. When you see like civil war, they made certain adjustments, but they stuck very close to a source material. 
yeah. when they went into like Avengers, even the the Avengers with the I think it was Avengers number one from 1963, like it was very, very close to what the original Avengers just one issue was. And so there were a lot of parallels. And when you can pull that source material, I think that's why it makes the newer ones a lot nicer. And I feel like the pacing with those, the 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 reboots were, you know, was a lot better. And like, I think you have more of an understanding if you saw the original trilogy. Um, it just, for me, it just, I feel like they told a better story. And I, I also feel like, you know, the first three, you know, were early 2000s and they're really still trying to figure out this whole Superman, not Superman, sorry, superhero. They're still trying um, to figure him out. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um <laughs> This, this is coming uh, from a Superman fan, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love no, no, it. No. That's just the it, best part. You know, it's funny, uh, Will, that you mentioned Superman because I went back and listened to, this is a shameless plug, but uh, our episode on the Batman from a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to that this morning and we were talking about a little bit about the expectation of, of people who play certain characters, Superman being one of them. Mm-hmm. And so um, anyway, like, I just feel like, X-Men was really trying to get their footing early on in the early 2000s with those original three films. And if you watch them now, they're 20 years old and they're kind of cheesy, right? And so um, if you watch like Days of Future Past and The Wolverine and um, First Class... And Days of Future Past is almost 10 years old. Because it came out in 14. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It came out like... The newest one is what, Dark Phoenix? And it was 19, 2019? Uh, I think If we're counting new mutants, that's 2020. But well, Dark Phoenix is 19. Was I just it 19? At it. Yeah, I looked okay. at it yesterday. Yeah. And then Apocalypse was 16. So like every kind of, you know. But, you know, I, you know, they're not my favorite movies I've enjoyed, but I've watched so far. But I also think they're kind of dry, right? They could be dry and slow at points. But like some of the newer reboots, I don't know, I'm rambling at this point. But like, hmm. I think the reboots tell the better story. There's better pacing. And they, there's more character development than the original three. It was like... Hmm. In the original three, I was like, all right, here's a bunch of people, and this is kind of their story. But with the do reboots, you, they did it. Go ahead. Do you think yeah. that maybe that's because they're starting to see how the MCU was handling things, and they're starting to make a few adjustments and see, oh, we can make characters more relatable. It's not just, like, instead of trying to create a whole new branch of franchise with, oh, the superhero genre, like, sure. we, we can create within the already pre-existing genres and do, like, these films and create good storytelling. And I think, you know... <laughs> you know my my wife you know my wife my my wonderful wife which she's a huge fan and yesterday she was like man dr strange and multiverse of madness like how awesome would it be if like magneto showed up and just like crushed everybody like and to help wanda you know because there's this whole story that you know that wanda and um Silver Surfer are like the offspring of Magneto and like one of the right? Quicksilver. Yeah. That would be really weird. Yeah, that, like would be, one, yeah, that would be very bizarre. Like, what if Quicksilver, <laughs> yes. Silver Surfer? Sorry. <laughs> what if Magneto got with a cosmic being? But like, oh my goodness. How, how crazy would that be if like that's like we're like getting all these teasers of like Jordan, you sent me something a couple of weeks ago from Thor Love and Thunder that they may introduce Storm into Thor, which is, yeah. it makes sense because he's the god of thunder and she's Storm. Hello. Um, even if it's a little teaser, but like, what if Magneto shows up to help um, Wanda and the Multiverse of Madness? So, like, we're going to get the X Men sooner than we think. So, I, it, oh it's yeah, be great. I, anyway. I saw something that specifically <clears throat> said, you know, what if this is how they're going to because of opening the multiverse? Like, Wanda's next few stories is going to really in, introduce the X Men. 
Yep. And I'm like, we may get another Days of Future Past kind of movie where it's going to be a multiverse, like House yeah. of, or House of M kind of story. Will, be... what did you think of? Do you prefer the the reboots or do you prefer the older so ones? So I like... have a weird history with the X Men movies. I always liked the cartoons back in the '90s. I think we all did. Or I mean, I think Jordan was like a little bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like I have, I had that in the back of my mind, and then when I saw they were doing the movie, I, I somehow missed the first one when that came out. But then X two, I was all for because I, I was like really into Iceman for whatever reason. X2, and Nightcrawler. Yeah, oh Nightcrawler my gosh. as well. Yeah, so, I, so that was the first one I saw, and I'm like, oh my god, and everybody like agreed like that was the best one, and um, then when they did the reboots uh, that year, it was the year of Thor, Green Lantern. Captain America and X-Men First Class and everyone was like, oh, X-Men First Class looks terrible. The costumes don't look good. Oh, and hey, there's a, they showed some scene of Charles uh, and uh, young Mystique as little kids. It's like, oh my God, it's, it's X-Men babies. Eh. And if you would have told me that was going to be one of my favorite movies that year, I would have told you like, whatever. And that was Matthew Vaughn from a uh, you can put the language clip in here, but this is the title of the movie, Kick-Ass and uh, yeah. Kingsman. That guy like, killed it and brought his own vision to it. I also like... It, it, I'll just say my easy answer. It's not the easy answer, but it's the best answer here. It's the reboot up until like midway through Apocalypse, Dark Phoenix, they kind of lost the plot because this movie right here, Days of Future Past, is probably, if, if it's not the best one, it's the second best one next to like Logan and X2 and like my top three. And they had the perfect slate to like reboot and do that and do like their own thing. And they tried to a little bit in the next one in the 90s and try to adapt the 90s X-Men, but they don't do fool but just talking this movie and this franchise in the matthew vaughn singer trilogy reboot then like finding new historical things to tie in like in the 60s with the um cold war the with the uh cuban missile crisis and then this with uh jfk actually kind of being a mutant and uh, doing the the freaking sentinels of all things and like they made him actually like not look silly and like be like a real human threat i'm just like yeah excellent like this is like what the x-men comics were about like um, civil rights and all this other stuff. It just, it was really well handled. Michael, F and the fact that you were able to ca uh, cast both um, Professor X and Manito perfectly twice and have Hugh Jackman throughout all of this, like, absolutely. Like, th this is like. Well, it's also, Will, I think it's super yeah. crazy that, like, we talk about how many Marvel projects there are, right? Yeah. But, like, in the X Men universe alone, like, how many movies have they done? Right. And it's just, I think it's a testament, like whether they've been good, great, or, you know, fantastic, like they, they put out a lot of content, just the X-Men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 13 or 14. And, and the four or five of those are good. Like knock, well, all, knock, knock out of the park. One, two, three. One, two, three. So six, then Dark Phoenix, then the three yeah. X, then the three Wolverines to two Deadpools. It's just, I think oh, you're at 13. I think, I think I counted yeah. 13. As, until, oh, so you kind of Deadpool in that, that mix. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. he's a mutant yeah. and his, yeah. his thing. Well, you got and, and three cameos in there. So, yeah, you've got your three, uh, your three Wolverine movies plus your New Mutants, two Deadpool, and then three of the old series, and then four of the new series. Yeah, mm. put you at thirteen. It's a lot. Wow. Uh, it's a lot, and uh, we're potentially getting more MCU. So, yeah, I don't know yeah. that they'll like. Do you guys think that they'll just continue making X Men movies, or do you think they'll just put them into the fold and they're just going to make cameos here and there from here on out with with the MCU stuff? I don't think they're going to reboot them. I, I I don't know. I think rebooting. If I if I can take the mic for a second, I think, I think rebooting. Did. I I did. I just that just happened. <laughs> I stole the mic. That, that's my that's my mutant power over here. Hey, Will. Um, Will. 
Age of Ultron. Got a rage quit over there. All right, so I'm going to steal the mic. I'm going to go ahead and steal it. All right, so, you know, for me, I think that I don't know that they'll reboot as much as it's going to be that they'll start to sprinkle them in and they'll start to adapt. Uh, They'll probably reboot some characters. They'll probably do some multiverse shenanigans and bring some of those guys in. I would love, honestly, if you just said, scrap the whole, uh, like, Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix and take from Days of Future Past, which we're going to pull back into this, with Days of Future Past, if they, like, took the storyline that they were trying to build and the MCU ripped the characters out from that era and then put them into the MCU and kind of did, because there was a comic line where they brought the first class group into the new new X-Men. Yeah. And I think that would be really cool if they did something like that, but instead of it being a timeline piece, it would be a multiverse piece and they're pulling them from the X-Men universe. Cause then you could bring in uh, the, their Jean Grey, you could, which I think she was cast really well. I think you Sophie could Turner in, or Famke Jansen. Uh, Sophie Turner. Okay. Okay. I liked her as a young Jean Grey. Um, you could bring in the guy who was in, or who was Cyclops, and he also was uh, in Ready Player Ready. One. Yes. And I mean, you have you have a whole good cast of, of kids who are still technically fairly young still, and you could do like a young adults kind of thing instead of being teenagers. Like have them kind of play off of what's already there, and they can build a universe around it. Go ahead, Will. I will also add. If they bring them back, give them those freaking awesome 90s costumes they had at the end of Apocalypse. They squandered that. And I'm, I will never forgive the X-Men franchise for giving a, for teasing those at the end. Because they they are like the kings of teasing. Like they gave Magneto like his like comic accurate suit. And like, yeah, it looked a little bit touched up. But then he, they just gave him back the helmet. And then they give him all the 90s suits. I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're going to get it. And then they're just back in blue and yellow, which don't get me wrong. I'm glad they were in blue and yellow. But I'm just like, Come on, you had it. I I think that if the MCU is going to handle this properly, the first thing they're going to do is when they build a movie, which they'll probably do like the X-Men, New Mutants, they'll they'll kind of start to eventually build off that. And you'll see, you know, we've been talking about like cosmic and uh, ground level heroes. And then you got your multiverse and your, your like all, all the different branches. I think X-Men will have their own branch that you'll kind of see like the, the current team, and then they'll see like some some side mutants and then you'll see Deadpool do his thing. And and maybe they'll do like like a future mutants and you'll have Bishop come in and have his his team and maybe Cable um, have some or of those guys. Summers. Yeah. I mean, you, you've got a whole massive amount. I mean, there's a whole world of mutants inside the world of the or of oh, the Marvel Universe world of mutants. So. So but with that, you know, let's let's rein it back into this film. <laughs> we like the newer films. And that plays into this one a lot because this was more of a newer film. It focused on the newer crew more than it did the older crew, but it, it blended really well. Did you guys like the blending portion or what were your thoughts on that? Oh, okay, ahead, yeah, I'll talk it first since Mike took the other one. Uh, do you, uh, I'm glad they put the time travel stuff in there uh, with this in the, in the blending. Like, cause I was, my heart was breaking the first time. Like we, I thought we were losing the, like some of the guys we, we grew up with. Like Bobby Drake was like finally doing the ice thing. I'm like, yeah. Then stab. I'm like, no. And then we're getting other people like sunspot. I'm sorry. I'm getting like really hyped for this. And we got Bishop finally. Uh, and then so many cool callbacks and stuff that we didn't get in the original trilogy. Like they finally realized hey like mcu is doing it let's do our own spin on it let's give the fans what they actually want let's have them like on the on the run and do and do this story right and it was solid uh the past stuff is great too uh 
because usually it's Charles Xavier showing like the young mutants like, hey, like I- I'm I'm kind of like your father here, and I'll help you anyway and guide you. He's Patrick Stewart, and of course, like he's gonna do great. And then now the, the roles are reversed. Now we have a much older, wiser Logan who has been through all the stuff, watched everyone he's loved die several times, or they're just completely gone, just depending on the timeline and whatnot, and all the people he's had to kill. And then he has to be the teacher for him. Brilliantly done. And then also Hugh Jackman, which is freaking vascular as crap. I, I know, I know we we'll probably have questions about that later, but like when he first shows up and it's like naked, like all, all the ladies in my theater are like, oh my, the Santa Ana winds are blowing over. And you're like, well, bring it back and talk about the movie. But the blending in was great. The blending in was great. Hey, Jordan, you could have pressed record and just let Will talk for an hour. <laughs> you probably oh. could. That should be an April Fool. Never mind. <laughs> oh my. The seven winds are just getting Mr. Will over there. Well, you know what I was going to say earlier? I was going to say, you know what's better than Age of Ultron? Morbius, not. It's it's not. It's not, though. It's not. No, there, Rain there it was back a, in. Rain it no, back no, no. in. Jordan, Jordan told me the other day that Morbius was going to be the new Age of Ultron, so I just kind of <laughs> had to plug that as well. Oh, and also, you're just taking all the joke, our, our inside jokes, man. I love it. I love it. I just... Oh, mm. <laughs> but oh, I, I think... My. I think oh, my. I think... Well, I think it would have been great if it got Blade in here and he just beheaded Jared Leto on screen. It would have been great. But, uh, Michael, what'd you think of the, the blending? What'd you think? Oh, Jordan's <laughs> going to leave. He's going to leave his own podcast. <laughs> Nerd Talk with Will and Micah coming this fall. Check out the Batman episode. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, sh- he shouldn't have let us do that. We- this is our podcast now. We're the captains now. I don't ever want to claim to be the captain. Well... I have the shield anyway well, so what was the question uh, the, the, blending the blending of the-, the blending of of the two different film groups uh what were your thoughts on the fact that they took the older group and then brought them in and blended it as as seamlessly as they could did you like the fact that there were two different franchise groups because now you're watching them many years after this film has happened it's been almost yeah. 10 years and you just watched it for the first time so mm-hmm. going through that like to see, because I mean, Will and I, we watched these kind of as they came out. I remember watching X-Men when it came out, uh, which you said yours was X2. I remember each one as yeah. they came out, whether it was in the theater, maybe, I mean, whether it was like the first home release. I don't remember seeing X-Men in the theater, but I could have. But I remember seeing X2 and then X3 at the theater. Um, great, great opportunities for these. Like for you, though, you got to see kind of all of it kind of within just a short it's amount of time. It's already done. Yeah, 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 it's already like out. everything's already done. So, for your perspective, do you think that they blended it really well, or because I mean, those were two different complete eras. Like those, like the first yeah. three were in a decade, and then the the second four were in a different decade. Yeah, I thought that um, you know from you know what little producing that I've done and some film stuff that I've done over the years, I thought that they did it as well as they could have, and I thought that they did a great job of merging the two stories together. And ultimately, spoiler alert, you know, the movie's been out 10 years. They do a great job of tying the bow and bringing everybody back to life. Yeah. Like, and that was, and that was one of my favorite things when Logan wakes up and he's like, oh, what the heck, right? Like (laughs) everybody's back. Yeah. And And Professor X is like, we've got a lot to talk about. (laughs) So I'm like, yes. I want a one shot of that. And and we talk about Endgame a lot. This movie, like if they never did another X-Men movie again, or, or like Logan, this would have been this is like the perfect ending this this was a great film so post-traumatic stress syndrome and there's like trigger points like will is just all about the trigger tonight he's just ready (laughs) but yeah 
I, I thought, you know, for, for what they were, um, I thought that they did an amazing job. Right. And yeah. um, even like when, you know, Logan's, you know, put under, you know, to go back in time, like the struggle that they're, the, the people in reality are facing that group, um, the older Magneto and the older yeah. Professor X, like when everybody's getting their butt kicks in the past, like they're feeling it. And I thought that was kind of like a cool, like, very much like a matrix kind of vibe, right? Like, I think it brought together a lot of things, you know, I, not to bring up Morbius with this, but when you see films that parallel other it up, films, Will. but when, when you see like a film like Morbius that basically copied a lot of what Incredible Hulk did, you see this film and you're like, I see hints of like Morbius, I or not Morbius, um, I see The Matrix, I see hints of this film or, or this tie-in and you see different pieces. I think it's really cool to see those moments. Mm-hmm. so yeah so i thought that they did as well as they could and you know one way or another they were going to bring those other people back into the fold and that i thought it was a good way for them to do so did you like at the end when kelsey Grammer shows up as beast walking down the hallway yes like that okay so i'm a big kelsey Grammer fan i love seeing his stuff and when he came in and he just like all beast up and he's like logan aren't you running late for your class and i'm just like you didn't show up at all in the film and then you show up right at the end like that. It just paid that little homage that I was like, I'm so happy. Like you never have to show back up, Kelsey. Like you go do your thing, like go do life, enjoy the rest of your life. But I love the fact that you showed up for a second. He, he needs to show up for a money plane too, as the grumble. I'm, I, you need to watch money plane. It's ridiculous. But I was more a fan of seeing Cyclops with like the sillier goggles. I'm like, yes, James Marsters, is it Marsters or Marston? Regardless, Marsden. I love him in the Sonic movies. And I mean, he's kind of like a stick in the mud. He's like the Captain America of X-Men. I wish we got more from him in the original trilogy and got more from him here. If they brought one person back, I would want to see him come back. Maybe even become the a-hole from AVX. That's a, oh, that's yeah. A, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that if they were going to do a... If they were going to do the adults... I would want James Marsden to come back and be Cyclops. And I would want, I would want that kind of feel where he's a little bit more stick in the mud, doesn't have as much fun. He's kind of a little bit more beaten and weathered, but not like very plain and dry. Like the original X-Men trilogy did. Like, I feel like they gave him almost nothing to, and, and like, even at the end of X2, when Jean's like pushing him away, like, I don't even feel like he gave enough emotion there. Like, I, well, I was they not sidelined really... him throughout most of the movie and then they brainwash yeah. him. They Hawkeye him, if, if, if I can use a. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, and I just didn't, I didn't care for the character. But now watching Sonic and seeing some of those films that, like, he's, yeah. you, you can stretch that, that actor and he does really well. I'm like, I would love to see him come back. Yeah, I would love to see him in like Quicksilver going adventures, eat chili dogs, and he can call him the Donut Lord. I, I, that's just me though. I, sorry, I, I have lost the plot. I no, lost the you're plot. good. So, but <laughs> speaking of Quicksilver, I want to talk about him real quick. They brought in this amazing actor, which if you're an MCU fan, you would know him as Ralph Boner. But when he comes into this this scene and he does his whole running sequence, what did you guys think of? the different portrayal of a speedster what did you think of him breaking out magneto and and the way that they handled the the running sequence inside the pentagon what was your thoughts that was probably my favorite scene in the whole movie okay i mean i don't have i don't have much more to add to that like i just i thought that was really cool like in the slow motion and the music playing and 
you know, it reminded me of the Flash in Justice League. Kind of yeah. when that, it very much reminded me of that. I I think for me, and, and Will, the did you see when, this in the theater? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, do you, okay. know what I, you, you guys know what I mean? Like when, when Ben Affleck goes to, or Bruce Wayne goes to re- recruit the Flash. And, and he's, and the f- yes, yeah. that, that's what yeah. kind of what it reminded me of. I remember seeing this in the theater and, and well, maybe you can share some of this sentiment with me. Yeah. But like, I remember just like my jaw dropped in that scene. I was well, like, I've never seen a speedster be done like this before. And it was really cool because the next year we got Quicksilver with Age of Ultron and they did a different uh, way to, to show his speedster stuff. And this one, it was like that we, everything around him slows down so he can run. And I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I think like everybody kind of... I guess for the X-Men movies that there was not too much applause for these, like uh, the other MCU movies and like some DC films. But like when that scene comes up, everyone's like iconic right there. I mean, it's so good. They do a repeat in apocalypse spoilers. Uh, and uh, I think some people go like, Oh, they shouldn't have done it again. It was fine the first time, but like, I, I, I like both of them. They're both solid. Uh, but moment it's one of the moments that steals the show and it does lead like, if we're going to be like, mm, yeah, pick your cinnamon sins over here. It does leak leave the th- question like oh why didn't they just have him throughout most of the adventure uh, and help them out because quicksilver would get everything done that, that's why and then the movie would be 50 minutes and then yeah it'd be mercifully short unlike morbius but um, <laughs> um <laughs> wow. but, yeah I, I had to get it in i had to get it in. You, you set me up jordan did you listen to the batman episode we did not yet <laughs> don't know if i want to now I yeah think, <laughs> i think i think we'll calls it snorbius at some at one point <laughs> yeah uh lovely lovely it's not but, my fault he has no taste hey i don't like it either uh, again not my fault you have no taste <laughs> uh, we, we we got taste uh, the unbearable weight of massive talents great sonic 2 is great go see, see those movies don't see morbius don't support oh laziness my gosh. um i thought days of future past was great yeah, yeah. If, if that is at a Flix brew house or it's on a repeat viewing, go see that. Or go see one of the five dollar films. Don't see Morbius. Uh, but Evan Peters does a solid job because I've, I've always liked him in American Horror Story and everything else he's done. And just seeing him be like kind of like a dork, like, oh, hey, like you're going to steal, you're going to go uh, break someone out of the Pentagon. That, you know, that's illegal and all that stuff. And just the fact that Logan knew him, like, I kind of want to know, like, even though we had this trilogy and it, it, it would serve no purpose, I kind of want to see like that story of like how he first met like the older Pietro. But it's either here or there. It was a solid point of the film it's obviously like one of the most iconic moments besides this movie just being a straight up banger and everybody talks about it did you guys catch that the whole moment where um pietro right like he kind of looks at magneto and like there's kind of like this like this well like it almost feels like like they had this moment like oh maybe maybe there's more to this you know what i mean like with the whole like the twins and when he's when he says something about my dad or my mom knew a guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah you kind well, of look like my dad. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was one of those moments yeah. where it's like they paid a big homage to it, but it was never fully realized. And I'm like, until the next one. And they don't really, really expand on it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just, it was weird. Something like multiverse of madness or something like that down the road where they could kind of bring that back into fruition. Oh yeah. I, you know, Maybe yeah, no, no, no boners in there. Just give us Quicksilver. That's <laughs> I'm gonna get not the way that. I would say that, but okay. So yeah, you know we've got uh, quite a few different characters. We've got characters like Wolverine and Professor X, and really we have two different Professor Xs. 
So what were you guys' thoughts of them? Did you guys like the fact that their powers looked a little different, the way that they handled themselves? Because, I mean, you see uh, the adamantium claws in the future, and then you see bone claws in the past. And then with Professor X, like he's straight up in the wheelchair and his powers, and he's got everything going. And then in the past, he's like taking the drug to make sure like his powers are are down and that way he can kind of walk around like what what were you guys thoughts on how they handled those characters uh, yeah uh i mean i mean as we see and like he even says it in the movie man he's, he's a broken man like he lost his his adoptive sister he lost like a brother in magneto because like that relationship is like real like i because that first class was initially supposed to be a magneto origin story and it, like i would watch a whole movie of michael fassbender killing nazis absolutely 100 percent rated r like make him go vicious like pull people by the fill lanes because it was originally it, it, supposed to be x-men origins magneto right yes I would, I would watch that all day but then they combine the two uh but i like uh I, I mean he brings like some edge to that and like of course like i don't have nothing else i might as well like get be walking again i don't need my powers the mutants don't want to help me out beast is my like little slave boy over here i'll, I'll make him a serum too so he doesn't have to be like a furry beast man over, or i guess he made his own uh beast is the one doing that because he's a smart one uh anyway uh i mean he's a drug addict essentially uh, so seeing that like seeing because we always see professor X like oh i am so perfect i do all this like oh yes i'm part of the illuminati i know what's best and then like just seeing him be like not perfect broken. Exactly. Broken. Exactly. Of course he was, but that was part of the plan. <laughs> um, I also think X Men has just kind of played fast and loose with like the bone claws, metal claws. Like the t- I, I, my, my initial thought when they were doing the series, I thought like after this they're gonna have a straight up. There's gonna be like no question of like who got what and wh- why this is happening. Th- this and that, and and he even lost all the mutants from the first class. I think Angel got killed, uh, and uh, who else? Zazel, which I'm surprised that even happened <laughs> because of his powers. You know, the red guy that essentially looks yeah. like the devil. Yeah, Nightcrawler's uh, dad. Nightcrawler's dad. Uh, I'm just... Uh, I think the way they showed the powers is great. I mean, just even some of the future guys like Bishop, uh, Iceman, uh, Blink, because uh, we all, that was I think that was our first time getting Blink, and I'm like, oh, I, I've read Exiles here and there. She's a great character. Yes, the powers are great. So, never, uh, so yeah. Uh, what, what about you guys? What did you guys think about the powers and how they were portrayed? You know, I I enjoyed it all. Like, and I'm taking, like I said earlier, we're, me specifically. You know, I'm taking this all in real time, and so I'm seeing this all pretty much for the first time, and. Um, a lot of pressure i think we talked a little bit earlier about how they they merged basically two casts together to kind of like bring them all back together and tell that story um i really like the younger charles xavier like i thought that he does i thought he does a really good job like you know you talk about like you know we've never done an episode on like solo for example but like the younger guy that played on solo versus harrison ford obviously harrison ford is you know gonna but like for this in respect to this like patrick stewart is professor x and so but i feel like james mcavoy did a really good job of being you know the young charles xavier and so yeah. like you know i really enjoyed um his performance as well as uh butcher's name michael fassbender you um, did not butcher it good job okay great as eric <laughs> like you know he he's menacing like that whole like when he 
moves that stadium to drop mm-hmm. it right on onto the White House, and like he takes all those metal poles and just drives them into Wolverine, and then just throws them in the water. Like, and, yeah, and I it, I was trying to figure out how they're gonna write wolverine out of this story because it's like how do you like knock him out so that he wakes back up in the future and when he chucks him with the the iron barbs going through him, i was like yeah. oh shoot. yeah that, that's, like, that's, that's that's one issue i take with the film because william striker in the past is mystique at the end of there i'm like so is mystique just an a-hole and just made him go through all that crap anyway again through a uh, task through, through weapon x or yeah what? i'm I'm not entirely sure how that one played out. I'll have to rewatch, or we can just wait for Mike to let us know after he watches yeah. the next two films. <laughs> well, they don't expand on it. I'll tell you that. They, they, they don't expand on it too much, but I guess William Stryker gets back in power in Apocalypse. So, And like another one of my you know favorite scenes is when um, Raven is, is trying to run away and then um, Eric gets that bullet. Oh, yeah. He's like pulling he's, her back because he's got the bullet inside her. No, well, he or tells like the bullet he's... where to go. Like the bullet's like chasing her. Yeah. Right before. Yeah, and then and then he pulls her, and then, yeah, right before that when he. Oh, oh, you're talking before it, it, it like, in like gets inside. Penetrates her, her skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like because once yeah, he... once it's in the skin, like he pulled her with it, like like mm-hmm. moving its way down through her leg. I'm like, oh, that was rough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I liked I liked all of it. Um, and back to the comment I made previously about how they merge the old with the new, like they didn't really tinker with the old group's powers at all. Like they still were able to do what they were doing before in the original trilogy. It was just them merged with, with the new group. And I don't know. I really, I, I liked it. You know, I, I feel like some of the movies are a little bit on the long side and they, yeah. they're, they don't have good pacing at times, but like, I don't really have a lot of complaints. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far. Like the first two I struggled through. And then, like I said, the last stand was it really good for me. And then first class and, you know, what we're talking about right now, like Days of Future Past, like, yeah, I think there's, I think they hit their stride, like kind of right in the middle. <laughs> and from what you guys are saying with, with Dark Phoenix and Phoenix and Apocalypse, like I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous now. I also bought Logan over the weekend. Logan's um, a fantastic film. And we'll, I've heard we'll nothing but good thing. I've heard nothing yeah. but good things about Logan. It's it's a little bit different pacing, and it's a mm-hmm. different type of X Men story. But yeah, definitely a good one. And I don't think that it would have been near as good if it weren't for this film. I think this is the pinnacle film for all of the X Men films that like kind of brought everything together and allowed for better storytelling with some of the other stuff. What did you so, think of? What did you think of Professor X's like? wheelchair i thought that that was kind of weird the like the the old man version like when it's floating at the beginning of the huh are you talking about when it's floating yes that one i thought it was a little bit odd <laughs> well yeah it, it looked i think visually it's gonna look a little odd but i think they were going for like the 90s cartoon kind of vibe which is yeah i was like i'm, I'm am i missing something here but like yeah uh, did you i watch, really like did you watch the 90s cartoon i did but it's been all you know since the 90s 30 years (laughs) yeah i uh, i recently watched it within the past like three to four years and i i can see where they were trying to go with some of it uh but it wasn't entire like it was because he wasn't fully covered like it it Mm -hmm. was because it it looked like just a floating chair right where it has like the oh you can see his full legs and all that right i really like the 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 other one you know like yeah the the electric chair and you know the cool looking x-rims and 
you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, there was a uh, Peter Dinklage came in and played a guy named Trask. And I want to talk about him real quick because I think Peter Dinklage is an amazing actor. I was really excited to see him in there because, you know, my first introduction with him was with Elf. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's where i first met peter dinklage but since then i have seen him in a ton of stuff and he he's well known for being uh a dwarf and and like being that guy so with peter dinklage what were your thoughts on him playing trask will what are your thoughts on on trask Call him an elf one more time jordan and he will send a signal See, i told you of pain. i told you that's where we that's where i first saw him and yeah will's like I think- call me an elf yeah, I think because uh, usually, uh, yeah, I, I it's it's kind of a hard question, but like he brings some like gravitas to it, and just like it's just kind of weird that him being an outcast and being like a dwarf like doesn't have at least some sympathy like for like people with the mutant gene because maybe there's some degree where maybe that's maybe, maybe this is me reaching and maybe I need smacked in the back of the head for thinking this, but maybe. That's why, like he, he feels he feels inferior, so he wants to build these giant robots to take down people who he thinks are inferior. Because I mean, most of these X Men comics and movies are like, I mean, it's not subtle at all. Uh, as about like racial divide or like coming out even yeah. and, and all that. So like, I mean, it's blatantly there. There's no subtext about it. It's just going like, yeah, have you tried not being a mutant and all this? And uh, I, I forget. Besides like the assassination tip, I don't know. Do they expand like why he hates mutants like uh, in this? Because I know I don't remember that, Micah. You just watched this. Was there much of an explanation for his hatred of mutants? I don't think there was. I mean, it was yeah. just. I know the comics they expand on it, but I know movie him it's in the like... movie. No, it, it it didn't really go into detail. Yeah, I, I mean, besides that, like, I mean, he was a solid actor, and then like when Mystique and everybody like kind of plays into his hand, he's like. And hey, this is why we need the Sentinels because if not, they're going to go run wild and they're going to kill us. So if you want to help me get her, her, some of her DNA and uh, we, we can uh, kill all these mutants and solve our problem, give me the money. I'll do it. So, Did you like the the look of the Sentinels from the, the I, past and I the like, present? Like, what, I like what were both versions. I like the, both of them. I mean, the seven, six, 70s, because the 60s was the first class, the 70s ones, looked painted him enough homage to the original ones while still doing their own thing and then like the future ones are like almost like scary terminators and yeah. still kept enough of their uh, own essence that you were like oh that's a signal because they, like they've been teasing these since uh x3 uh, or whatever at the end like where they're in the danger room and wolverine like cuts one of the heads off because like i don't know if it was in the plan i don't think it was but uh, i think they were planning to get to sentinels and some point because i mean if you're doing x-men you're going to do some of the more iconic imagery and sentinels yeah. are a uh, big thing i mean even in like the 90s cartoon i think like the first three or four episodes like sentinels are, like yeah, they, crashing in the was, mall yeah yeah that what, was the very funny. first episode was okay, when so, they when they're in the mall yeah, yeah. So, so i you know i remember reading civil war which again i always come back to this one is one of my favorite books and like the sentinels are humans inside these massive machines and I'm like, I'm kind of glad you didn't put a human in there. Like, I like that it's kind of a robot and it's controlled and it's a, they've got like the kill switch well, and things like that. I like the, the way too. they went there. Here's the thing too. They kind of are reminiscent of Iron Man. So, I mean. Oh, yeah. Just, That's so, the first thing I thought of when I saw that yesterday. Yeah. 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 I, I liked it. I liked the way that they handled it. I liked how they were just big enough, but they weren't like 
hulking like galactus sized characters <laughs> like i liked that they were they were just big enough to be scary and to lay the beat down but they weren't so big that it's like well you fit like an entire like it's not like a giant moon base or something like that or you fit yeah. like five guys in there working yeah there. It's, it's not the death egg from sonic uh but i do yeah. like that magneto in two movies by brian singer uh changes the plot on the bad guy like when uh william striker next to uh makes his own cerebro to kill everybody to show like mutants are dangerous and then now trask makes the sentinels and then magneto puts like metal metal in all of them so he can control them later on i'm like magneto's a smart this is a smart cookie you gotta keep an eye on him well i'm hoping that when the mcu brings him in that they'll do something like that that they keep magneto as a a smart like looking because they they always come back to the chess game like in, in both series, mm-hmm. they, they always talk about the chess game and looking so many moves ahead. And I'm like, that's that's so reminiscent to these characters. And I hope that like as we see them in future stuff, we will see just this whole I'm playing the long game. I'm playing into something bigger. So, Micah, what were your thoughts on Trask and and the Sentinels? Um, it made me laugh because you know, I was thinking of the Celestials and Eternals and just how close it kind of sounds from Celestials and, and Sentinels. Um, yes, it's just oddly close. Um, and probably on purpose if, if I'm a comic book writer, which I'm not. Um, I I thought it was an interesting take to have him kind of be the, the lead villain in this movie, you know, outside of Magneto, outside of like the war that's going on with the X-Men. Um you know i never wanted like a a, you know i don't know i you know i've seen elf obviously and he was in infinity war and i really like what he did in infinity war with with thor and and, you know the axe and yeah that with respect to that but like wasn't my favorite villain if i'm gonna be honest like i just thought that he was (laughs) he was kind of there but he wasn't and you know he was more of an antagonist do you think that it's still this whole X-Men is always going to be the Brotherhood versus the X-Men and like there's just other players in the game that the X-Men are trying to like we're good guys like not all mutants are bad and like there's people who just kind of hop in and it's that antagonist kind of feel like they're not the main villain but they just yeah. come in and, and they just like stir the pot. Yeah absolutely and I think that like ultimately like you want to see what Magneto is going to do do you want to is Magneto finally going to get it and not be a bad guy anymore? Like, it, it, that's kind of how I felt about every movie going through and watching them. And I'm like, uh, is Magneto finally going to, you know, turn a new leaf over? And like, he kind of felt that with the, like in this film with old man Magneto and old man. Well, um, there's that, there's that line where he says, we spent too much time fighting amongst ourselves. Now let's stand together. Yeah. And and I loved that. I loved the way that they handled it because you had some bad guys, you had some good guys. It was it was cool to see that. And at the same time, like you you see that happen in in the present, but you're still seeing the war of Magneto and Professor X in the past, and like you're still seeing that rage and that anger and that you know that real um, I don't know what the right word is for it that Magneto feels. And, you know, it's, he just has that lust for power and he can't help it. <laughs> he just yeah. can't help himself. And absolutely. So I, I think it's fascinating. It's, it's cool to see, again, 
we went back, you know, back to one of our first questions, like, it's cool to see two different things going on at the same time. And they did a great job of where it wasn't too back and forth when, you know, it could have been, and it could have been all over the place where they were just switching back and forth. They did a great time, uh, a great job of balancing um, those stories and going back and forth from the past to the present. And um, yeah, I just think that I really like the young Magneto. I think he's a great actor and oh yeah not that, not, oh, not that old magneto is bad by any means but like yeah i feel like the four of those guys the four or the two old uh magneto and um, professor x are great and i feel like the young ones are great as well like it's just i think i think the cast for the this movie stories i think yes. they're i think they're great to the stories and i think that when the mcu brings these characters in however they handle it i think that even then we will find the the right casting because I think with Kevin Feige, I think he'll, he'll talk to some of the people who helped do the casting because you, you can't always even get the first one, right. And mm-hmm. to turn around and get it two different X-Men eras and nail it both times. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, with Mystique, we had uh, Jennifer Lawrence playing Mystique in this. Did you guys like the way that she was handled uh, the route that they took her, where she kind of became, because in the first movie for the series with uh, the first class, she's this hero, and then she kind of leaves with with uh, Magneto at the end, and, and then there's like a ten year gap, and you don't know what really happened, and she's not really there anymore, and she's out on her own doing her own thing. So, do you like how she's kind of a hero esque kind of version? Do you like the way they handled her? Do you wish they would have taken a different route? What's your thoughts, Micah? I honestly, when I was watching it in real time yesterday for the first time, um, I didn't know how they were going to handle it. Right. I was kind of like on my, uh, <laughs> on the edge of my chair, kind of like, all right, is she going to, is she going to turn good? Is she going to do bad? Is she going to kill Magneto? Is she going to turn on him? Is she going to, you know, and, and honestly, I'm like, she kind of got off the hook. If, if you're asking me, like, <laughs> do you, how do you feel about it? Do you feel like she, ultimately making the right decision or do you feel like she should have just you know paid for what she did kind of thing or i don't know my problem is i've seen the original series and i know that she is this bad guy and that like she went in to cerebro and stuck the the poison vial in there that that caused damage to professor x and i i've seen those and i'm like that's not like why where did she go where did everything go wrong and then this series like this specific movie, I can see sort where like, there's sort of like Bucky killing Cap or Iron Man's parents. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you see it, and as soon as it, Iron Man sees it on the camera or sees it on that little uh, that screen, screen. That, yeah, yeah. Zemo's playing, like you can't help but be raged. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just like I don't really understand because I'm kind of okay if she's just a bad guy, but she's kind of a good guy in this sense, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I like the, I mean, I like having a shapeshifter in the mix, but I also like if they just kept her as a wild card, like Mm -hmm. the whole film that she would have flip flopped, that she would have played integral pieces to both sides, but she's really playing for her own kind of like a cat woman. Um, Yeah. Kind of that. I just do what I want. Like if it benefits me, but you're also benefiting like no big deal, but if it hurts you, but I'm still benefiting, like as long as I'm benefiting, that's what I want. And I I was okay. If that's where they would have gone with her. Well, what are your thoughts with with Mystique and how they handled her? Did you like that they went more hero-esque kind of storyline with her here? Or what are your thoughts? 
Oh God! If I had a shapeshifter and it was Jennifer Lawrence, uh, my goodness, Jordan, uh, I need to stop being thirsty on this it's podcast. It's not what I said. You asked my thoughts on Mystique in this movie. <laughs> I didn't ask if you had Jennifer Lawrence. If I, I said, had Jennifer your... Lawrence, she we would have all the pizza. She'd be like, oh, "Where's the pizza?" And I'm like, uh, "Show me the real Raven." And I'm like, "Perfection." That's that's how it would that's how it would go at my house. Uh, but her characterization in this. Um, because in the original trilogy, I love Rebecca Romaine. She's one that the, the fact the fact that they cast two beautiful, attractive, competent actresses to play that role. Rebecca Romaine didn't do a whole lot, unfortunately, in her f- franchise. I mean, she was like the seductress, femme fatale. But Jennifer Lawrence, like, actually brings some, like some humanity, and you get to see like, oh, hey, this is why Rebecca Romaine ends up going with Magneto and does her own thing and becomes like a, I get in this franchise at least like a symbol for like mutant rights and like being like a hero because like she learned from Charles and like this timeline gets better. So, and plus it's Jennifer Lawrence's star power. It's like, Oh yeah. Like give her more to do hunger games and Oscar bait right here, baby. <laughs> but uh, she did solid. Um, uh, it, it is a bummer in the later movies where they stop doing the mystique stuff, just because like, if you're paying for Jennifer Lawrence, you're going to get Jennifer Lawrence. But uh, for here, like she does good. And just that she's like the key factor. Like if she gets, if she gets killed or her DNA gets in the wrong hands, whole future screwed uh i think they did solid and weren't we also talking about mix uh, magneto and the um uh the uh poss- no we were just talking about magneto as well I, I well I we were talking that, right? a little bit about magneto just with how well he was cast and we were talking about that just the casting in general and, and you right. kind of already touched on that one all right so I, I thought- so i'm gonna kind of as we are, are wrapping this up and we're kind of towards the end of this this episode you know i'm gonna ask a couple questions here what was your favorite moment who was your favorite X-Men? And I want to start with that. And then I've got one last question. So what was your favorite moment? And what was your favorite mutant? I'm going to say mutant or character. Um, Cause in case they don't have powers and you just really liked like one of the characters, who was your favorite character? What was your favorite moment? Probably Eric. And probably when he drops the stadium on the white house, that whole scene where he's just like, effortlessly <laughs> moves an entire uh, athletic stadium. I think it was a baseball stadium. I just think it was the, it on the White House. Was that the Washington Nationals baseball Probably. stadium? But yeah. it was, he just drops it on the White House. And then he, like the president and his, you know, staff and they're all in the bunker, you know, underneath the Oval Office. And basically he just pulls just it all out. rips it out. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. That's for me. <laughs> that was it. <sighs> Will, do you so, get one or are you going to do three? Well, it was favorite character or is it favorite mutant? Because I got confused so, by your wording. So favorite there's two ca- questions. Favorite moment you- in the film or favorite character? I said mutant at first, but if you don't like the mutant, you can you can choose a character. Okay, so favorite I, I think my well, favorite character. It got well, Jordan, is this like a trick question for Will? Like you tell you, you you ask him two questions, but he gets two answers, but he usually does three. But it's like, is he going to give three answers for each question? Or Will, I love you. you. I'm giving that? you a hard time. Did any of our listeners actually follow that? Because I, I got I'm, lost. I'm lost. I got I got three iconic moments, and I'll stop it there. Okay. <laughs> I told you. Yep. No, sorry. Hang on. Hang well, on but but, but my three moments Time answer the Time questions. Out. Time out. Yeah. Time, Time out. out. My thing was Jordan gave us two questions. Will, who was your favorite character, and what was your favorite moment in the movie? And I I asked you if it was a trick question. You being Jordan, and you being Will. If it was a trick question, because Will, you usually give three answers and. I thought that the hope was by Jordan asking you two questions that you would give two answers, but they were one 
answer to each question, we'd give you two answers instead of three, but I figured you would still give three answers to each question. So we can get six answers all the way around. <laughs> for, for two questions. So you multiply two times three and you get six. So uh, it works out. It does. <laughs> that was like a Sheldon moment, like a Big Bang Theory when Sheldon Yeah, you were like, uh, we, should, we should have got the, the dry race board. Yeah. We're going streaking to the gymnasium. Well, when he like uh, does the speech when they're trying to protect the fraternity or whatever, like, yeah. oh, oh, God, I just can't channel it outside of my body. All right. Well, okay. so I'll, I'll, favorite I'll, character. I'll ring it in. I'll ring it in. Okay. I, even though he doesn't get a lot of characterization, I love Bobby Drake, Iceman, like finally getting to see him do like all the ice stuff in the future and yeah. like protecting everybody. Like, and just like when we start losing everybody at the end, my heart starts aching. I'm like, please, please let them be successful. Like I grew up with these guys and now they're dying. No. And then I guess uh, my favorite moment would be the Logan waking up in the safe future uh that that's probably my favorite moment i just uh, it was a nice cap off to both series um if they wanted to expand and do more of that they could and then it just also just showed like oh hey it was good that logan learned hope one honorable mention is the they got spoiled in the trailers is patrick stewart talking to him his younger self through through logan that is iconic and probably one of I mean, there's so many great things going on in this movie. That moment is iconic alone without without the rest of the movie. It's it's great. So yeah. I, I, I rang it in, I made it three, I answered both questions, and that was just a moment like I'd be remiss if we didn't touch on it. I'm proud of it's you. All, it's all good. I support <laughs> it. So right. for me, I think my favorite character in, in that series, well, it, well, in this specific movie, it might be Beast. I really liked the way that Beast was handled through some of that and trying to, I'm trying to take care of Professor X, but I also struggle with this because it's like, I'm actually hurting him in certain ways, but I'm also helping him. And it, he's like got that moral dilemma. And, and then like, he just straight up like hulks out and like goes all Beast on him. And I, I loved that. Uh, there were two specific moments that caught my eye that I just, I loved the visual effects. And the first we've already talked about being Quicksilver with the whole running around the room. I thought that was, that was just genius because we've never seen a speedster done in that fashion. And I just, I really liked it. But on the flip side, I think, and, and you're going to have to help me on this. Will. who was the one that threw the portals? That's blink. That's blink. Okay. So blink would throw them and like someone would like jump through or like fall off the edge and then like got so much momentum I think maybe was it Colossus or they had somebody that like fell through one and then like started taking them out because she would just kept shooting them. Did you, well, do yeah. you remember that? Yeah, it was him. I think Sunspot and I mean, all of the heroes that they had, like we're doing oh, yeah. iconic and moves just, doing that. Just seeing those, those awesome. And it felt like I was seeing a comic book, like well, strips just happening. Just boom, boom, boom. I was like, Oh, that was so and cool. That was before Dr. Strange's portals and stuff yeah. too. So I think yeah. maybe we could credit, that to blink a little bit i'm just saying hey i can get behind it soon absolutely so my last question for you guys tonight which i have a feeling i know micah's answer but i don't know will's is have you seen the rogue cut and if so did you like the extra street the extra scenes where they added rogue into this because rogue is not in the original feature of the film but they released a rogue cut a few years like a year or so later did you guys like that have you even seen it is it a trick question? Because I feel like the one that I watched had was the one with her in it. 
did you see the did you see it where she went under or like they have to go and rescue her from like the white house area because they've got kitty pride who who puts her hands to send logan back that's kitty pride but rogue comes in when kitty gets like stabbed or something like that and like she takes her powers knocks her out and helps finish the job like they they have to go to the white house pick her up and get her back well Go ahead and answer this. I'm I, ask. One, one, I haven't seen it, but I know it gives Ian McKellen more stuff to do. If I'm, yeah. If I, um, I think I've seen bits and pieces. I have not watched it, but I think I've seen like bits and pieces of the scenes. So I, I have I have no opinion on it. Uh, I mean, Anna Paquin was an account, like, a, a good part of the first one. Two, she's kind of just there. Um, and then three, it's like, oh, I'm I'm cured now. I'm I'm, I'm going to do my thing and go True Blood and hang out with Bill Compton. It's me. I'm Anna Paquin. I'm I'm a wonderful actress. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was weird to see like how they handled her character through the through the original trilogy. But in the the Rogue cut, to have her come back and she, like her powers are back and everything works the way that it's supposed to. I really liked it. Um, I remember getting it. I think I picked it up at like Meyer or something like that. And I just I really enjoyed it. It's it only adds like nine, 19 minutes, something like that. But it's like, it's less than 20 minutes. I, I would add, is it necessary though? No, no, it's okay. not necessary, yeah, so. but it's one of those, it adds a little bit more fun to it. And especially when you're bringing back older characters to have them, like it, it was really cool. And it, there were a couple scenes that were like, oh, that's really cool. Like you definitely notice the difference. So. Mm-hmm. So I asked my wife. My wife. My wife. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to keep doing that. She just threw a peace sign in there. Yeah. It's not focusing because it's a blurred background. Yeah. Um, and she said that we did not see the rogue cut. So the one okay. that we watched on Disney Plus yesterday was the original. Yeah. Cut. I don't rogue know that they in, have the, the rogue, rogue comes cut, in yeah. at the end. Yes. Yeah. She shows and, up at the end, but in the rogue cut, there's like 20 extra minutes where they have like a couple scenes where she's actively involved in the future. And that so, movie's already two minutes and change. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's not necessary to go and watch, but it is a fun, just extra scenes. It's it's one of those moments where I, it's like Big Bang Theory. It changes the entire tone of the film. Like, like yeah, it just makes me well, laugh. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm playing catch up because, like, there, again, there are so many things that I haven't seen that you all have seen. Like, well, hey, Mike, that, I haven't seen it either, but I, I, based on what Jordan's telling me, it doesn't seem like it's necessary. Like, I well, know, like, what I'm saying, though, is just like X Men altogether. Like, I. You know, had never really got into the X-Men. Alicia really loves X-Men. And so, like, I'm enjoying watching all of these for the first time. And so, you know, it's, you know, it's cool to go back and watch something that came out 20 years ago and just, like, kind of make my way. Same thing with Clone Wars. And that's what's so cool about what we do at Nerd Talk is that we get a chance to kind of, like, do a deep dive into different things like watch the Clone Wars, watch Bad Batch. I'm watching, you know rebels and and now i'm going back and watching all the x-men movies that i've never seen so like it, it's and just sometimes really... we have regrets like watching morbius yes Stop exactly it. all right and with that guys we're gonna go ahead and end this episode <laughs> before we do end though i just want to make sure that everybody knows we do have a new segment called the comic book club this is through Podbean. it's 25 dollars one-time fee and you can hear me and will we co-host that one together every single time and we have a a what seven episodes already recorded and in the bank and we're we're just pushing out more content and so it's a one-time fee you pay 25 dollars that one time and so we would love for you to be a part of that and then if you are a part of that you can have a chance to be on nerd talks comic book club if you so choose to subscribe to that so with that guys we will catch you next time